Capitanos, welcome to the second episode of Captain's Corner. I'm here with my to my left. Ben, Adams. Looks when I, was there. <laughs> I didn't realise I have to reintroduce myself again. <laughs> as interesting as last time. Yeah, exactly. Am I right? Uh, I had a bit of stick last time. The heron. Hairy toilet seat. Racing snake. Any. All of the above. Any. Uh, David Hurley. David Hurley. Lovely to see you guys. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. Ben, did you have a good Christmas? Very good, thank you. Yes, house renovation nearly done. So we hosted Christmas Day and Boxing Day. 22 for Boxing Day, so a bit manic, but very good, thank you. Nice, mate. So 22 people you fed. David, how many people did you feed over Christmas? Uh, myself and my wife. Brilliant. Barely, barely. Great, great contribution to society there from... Uh, yeah. No, we were, away. we were away at family. Did a little ski trip as well, which was quite nice. Nice. So out in France. Teachers are all right, aren't they? Yeah. Jesus, what? Lots, uh, lots of skiing in Africa, which was good. If anyone's not sure, this is Farnham Rugby Club because we're talking about <laughs> skiing <laughs> over Christmas. Uh, Drove up there in my Mercedes, put it in the car park, went on a ski holiday, came back, came back to my detached house, perfect. Very sorry. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, good? Yeah, really good. Good time with the family? Uh, I'm not going to say relaxing, but it was a good time with the family. My washing machine's really loud, isn't it? So we're here to record the second episode. I just want to say, first of all, like, thanks to everyone who's messaged or listened, subscribed on Spotify and iTunes. It's been really positive feedback, and I hope you've taken it for what this is. It's a bit of fun and a way to connect with the club. Do you get any feedback via pigeon carrier and on for paper? You? For me? <laughs> I, nothing arrived at my detached house, but... Uh, yeah. Dearest David. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But Barney's runner came from his mansion, and he <laughs> told me he thoroughly enjoyed it. it was, you know... So since we last met, we've had a kind of final weekend of senior rugby. Um, we've had a massive club day on the 28th, which I know our guest days and they might mention in their in their little uh, little chat later on. We've had the Quins um, double header at, at the big game. Um, it was amazing that you probably haven't seen them yet, but the under nines pitches of the guys in the pitches were absolutely incredible and it looked like they had an absolute blast. But lots of parents, lots of families in the club there watching. It was great to see James Chisholm. Have yeah. a fairly decent run out as well. What do you come on? About twentieth minute. Yeah, he hasn't got eighty in the tank. He's just not. That's James' first team coach. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, we had the women's game where not only have we got four, former Farnham coach Ross Chisholm coaching the the attack set up for the um, Harlequin women, but also a world record of over sixteen thousand fans there to watch a women's top flight game, which was absolutely incredible. So. Yeah, great support from the club there for those those events there. But ben, any little updates across the club? Yep, so I've spoken to uh, various people. Um, we will start with the minis and juniors. Uh, I'm going to quote this. Most of these will be quotes from people who I've spoken to. Uh, starting with the minis, they've had a very busy start to the season with several festivals after an initial training block in September. We hosted a home festival in early November, which was attended by over 700 kids. This was our first home festival since 2019. We're hoping to host another in the second half of the season if we can find space in the schedule. The Minis Tour is booked in for the um, 1st to 3rd of March in Devon. Greatly oversubscribed, um, but you know, as normal, it's always a, a positive um, date in many people's calendars. Um, I then spoke touch base with Noel about the um, uh, juniors. <clears throat> so they started the season with full squads and waiting lists, which is fantastic. Um, we will start down with the under-12s. Um, the under-12s have been enjoying their first season as juniors with some notable matches, including London Welsh Festival ahead of the Surrey Cup in spring. 
the under-13s with their first three inaugural first-team matches versus Surrey, Hampshire and Sussex in Hazelmere, New Milton and Chichester respectively, so they're getting around the countryside. And the whole age group benefiting from a training session from Harlequins and England player Alex Dombrandt and Harlequins player only James Chisholm in recognition of their winning <laughs> in recognition of their winning fundraising in the 2023 Movember, which we all know is obviously a big bit of the club. The under 14s, um, following their success in the Surrey Enhanced Cups in the last two seasons, prepared in their first Quinns Cup with matches against clubs far flung as Oxford Quinns and Reading Rams. The under 15s continued their run ability to run three squads, which is great at that age. Um, two full and one developing the tens. Um, the A team is ninth in the Surrey Cup. Um, and there are many other um, talented players. And the under 15s is also experiencing a strong uptake in the young match official program, which is something we will probably pick up uh, at a later date. 16, several players have been offered sports scholarships with two at Harrow and one each at Wellington and Burke, Burke Hampstead. And Gordon's ahead of the Quinns Cup in. January, so very much a positive on that front. Was that from Noel? That was from Noel. All that was from Noel. All that reading you did? Yes. Did Noel send it to you as a message? It w that was the only message I got, then it was voice notes. Voice notes, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't have a problem with the voice, he's got a lovely voice. <laughs> Moving on to the women, um, they're going well in a competitive new league, are they new, newly promoted? They've got new players still coming down every week. You're going to love this. They are thinking of Tor, tor Ring to Magaluf. <laughs> Of all places, so I mean, that's a great shape. Very good from them. I think. I'm assuming the rugby is very strong in Magaluf, is it? Big, big, big domestically. That exactly. Yeah. Actually, I think when you leave the Premiership, you either look at France or the Magaluf League. <laughs> I'm sure, it's one of the two. Um, I've been a rugby tour to Magaluf. I'm not. I'm not allowed to speak here. No, you are. You are. Oh, oh, oh well, well, we have we actually found this out, and you made it quite. Clear. <laughs> well, we knew it was anyway. Um, He's about to tell a story. We've gone. Oh, we've gone. Oh, there's no stories from Magaluf. <laughs> no one's believing that. Um, the cover, a couple of other things from the women's section is um, they've got a new SSC focused coaching team, which they are reaping the benefits from. And Jacko has introduced a new playing system, which capitalises on their strengths, and it it really is some good rugby to watch. So he hopes to get more people down to see um, see them play. And then finally, uh, useless head coach Ali Chisholm has not sent me any updates on the seniors, but from memory, the young squad is progressing um, game by game. Um, and they're sitting what, second, third of the table, somewhere around there. Second, third of the table is what I meant, not second or third. Um, twos are going very well. Still unbeaten? Yeah, the top of the league. Yeah, I know. My voice is broken <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. I will be um, So, <laughs> obviously, the introduction of Matt Farns as their dedicated coach um, is reaping the benefits. Threes. Top of the league, again. That's enough. And fours are competing regularly on a Saturday against so teams. There it is. So didn't, didn't you just lose before Christmas, though? Uh, that, was, that was a game of a, a spiritual game. Was it? Uh, festive, festive fun. Festive yeah. That was, yeah exactly. A festival fun, yeah. Really good fun yeah. game. So you lost yeah. to a bunch of dads and, and their sons. Okay. Was yeah. I playing? No. Moving on. <laughs> um, that basically wraps up the rugby side of things at the club, as far as I'm aware. Thanks for the updates, Ben. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome our guests for this week. It does. Um, Don Parker, club chairman. Welcome. Thanks ever so much. No for problem. Me on. 
in, it was a nice invite from Bainsey, wasn't it? That you no for the second week in a row. <laughs> Still didn't manage to get a uh, guest speaker on. So uh, thanks to me for organising that one. Um, but no, Rumi, very very much appreciate on my first vet tour looking after me and uh, keeping me well hydrated. But I want to talk a little bit, Don, before we get into the rugby side of things. Your rugby journey from Scotland to Farnham uh, and some other places in between. I'm going to say you started your rugby in Hong Kong. Is that correct? Yeah. Sevens, tens, fifteens, what was it? Fifteens at school, at St George's School in Hong Kong. Very good. And then back home, I'll say, to Edinburgh. Yeah. You stint there via university in... Newcastle. Perfect. And then we don't like to talk about it too much, but a little spell of Battersea Ironsides. Captain for a couple of years, names on the board. Oh... We weren't going to mention that. <laughs> we were going to say clear of that one. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. A good time was had at Bastion, so yourself, and then on to Dubai for a few years yeah. before you found yourself. Uh, how long have you been at Farnham now, at the club? I left Dubai in 2010 and uh, moved to Farnham and started playing rugby, bets rugby, yeah. um, in 2010 at Farnham. How did you, did you just turn up on a Thursday night, play a bit of touch? What was it? I just turned up on a Thursday night. Um, there is quite an amusing story. You need to get Gav Baker on, actually. He'll tell you the first the story about the first night I came down okay. and threw my toys out the pram, thanks to Rupert Mitchell. But um, you know Gav, what, made a, Gav made amends, and I'm still here. Do you know what, Dom? It doesn't sound like you threw any toys out the pram at all, actually. <laughs> it's uh, not very much a Dom thing, is it, Steve? But, uh, but no, like you've, you've got a wealth of experience of lots of different clubs, which obviously will bring to your role, which we'll come to a minute, as, as club chairman. Um, but just want to touch on a few highlights. I know... Especially in my time as club captain, you've been instrumental in getting the Vandals into 23 set up the club, which is great. And we had, uh, I'm going to talk on this a bit later, but a really good day at the club day. The under 23s playing two fixtures, was that? I think? Yeah, our under 23s. We're blessed with a load of under 23s. We drew in the, the Surrey Cup, um, both Hazelmere and Cranley. And we knew without wanting to sound too arrogant, we'd probably be too strong for both of them. And so we pretty much split the squads and split the squads in half. So we had about give or take forty boys out playing against uh, simultaneously against Hazelmere and Cranley, um, and it was and it was it was a great day. It was a great day, and we're we're actually going back to Cranley for a return fixture on Friday night, on Friday the fifth with the under twenty threes. Just excuse the ignorance on this. Under twenty threes, <coughs> before someone says they're under twenty three, how old are the boys? So you'd under. Nines, twelves, tens, all the way up to under eighteens. Yep. Then it's straight into under twenty threes. Is that right? Under twenty threes, that kind of manufactured age. If right. I'm entirely honest, manufactured at Farnham. It's used in other sports. Um, the reason we used under twenty threes was for a couple of reasons. Um, lots of siblings tend not to be one year apart because everyone used to run under twenties, and and siblings couldn't play together. And we thought it was an important part of bringing them back to Farnham. Oh, Two. Um, at under 20s, people haven't finished universities and we want to capture those boys coming back from university. And typically that tends to be, you know, late 21s, early 22s. There is a third reason. I can't remember what it is off the top of my, off the top yeah. of my head. But there was sort of method in the, in the yeah, madness. Yeah. So it's um, roughly sort of 21, 22, 23. Those are the sort of yeah. ages that we've and, and, and what we tend to find is, is the boys drop off um, towards 22, 23 and start playing for the seniors, yeah. which is what the whole well, sort of transition place. process is designed for. A big thing was the Vandals, your introduction with that, the club. Uh, I know you've been instrumental as well in 
not necessarily leading, but very heavily involved in our Movember movement. Uh, and the, it wasn't called the Big Walk. What was it a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, the Movember Walk. Movember Walk. Yeah, we've done it. Well, as, as Johnny Adams and Rich Best would tell me, everyone's done it three times apart from me, has only done it two and a half, because I can only manage it a half this year for a variety of reasons. But it's been great. And this year, far and away, whilst we probably didn't take as much money in November this year as we did last year, the November walk had 40 people from right across the club uh, taking part, which is a real achievement and, and well done, particularly to Rich Best for, you know, it's a, a huge amount of organisation. When you get to try to running a, an event where you're walking overnight from Twickenham to Farnham at such scale. Yeah, no, it looks it looked superb. And uh, like I said, those 40 people on it across the club was such a good, and again, the money raised for, for that cause is absolutely superb. Uh, and I'm sure I've probably missed a lot of other highlights for, for, for you, Dom, at, at the Rugby Club, which we might dig into a little bit. Uh, but the reason we've got you here, you are nine months into your tenure as club chairman, I'd say, there or thereabouts. Yeah, I'll uh, take that. Yeah. Okay. May to January. Yeah. Um, and we just want to give you the opportunity, Reid, to. We've had a couple of questions from our listeners coming yeah. uh, and just throw out sort both of, of them. Both, both the two <laughs> listeners. There are two questions. It's a short podcast. Um, but just a few questions to throw around and see what sort of your vision is, how you see the club moving forward, and what sort of the priorities are and things like that. But um, I know you are, you know, as I always do, my research on our esteemed guests before we come in. I always want to give sort of the opportunity for our guests to give that sort of disclaimer that I know we can't touch all bases in this podcast and you'd hate it for anyone to be missed out, wouldn't you? So it's... Uh... Yeah, I think we talked about it before, you know, it, it takes a village to run a rugby club and, and, and there's tons of people involved in, in the rugby club on a day-to-day basis. So if you aren't mentioned during this week's podcast, please don't be offended. You know, you, you know any volunteer at the club is very, is very much appreciated. And by the same token, when we talk about things that we are looking to improve, that doesn't mean the, 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 the sort of the incumbent individual doing that task is doing, is doing a bad job. You know, we're just looking to improve a number of the, the sort of services and offerings that we have at the club and, and, and make it better for all the members. So there are my two disclaimers. Yeah, and I think the thing we've talked about on the pod before is that at the centre of everything we do is making the rugby experience for the whole club as best as possible. Yeah, it's championing the club, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think that's what I want to get over in the next 20 minutes, half hour, really. So I think it's probably worth, I think it's probably worth starting with facilities. Because that's the bit that if you join the club, you first look at. I don't know, I think, now that you've made the disclaimer, we should just get it out there really early. Who do you least like at the club? facilities? Sorry, so back to facilities. We can get that off he has confirmed your question will be answered later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, start with facilities, because I think if we first join the club, it's the first thing to notice. Facilities, beautiful new club, well, relatively new clubhouse. Um, large space, but, but what's your thought about the current facilities at the clubhouse and the kind of maximum usage um, that we've, we've got at the moment? I mean, we are, I think everybody knows, we are really blessed with the most incredible facilities, you know, the, um, and they are maintained brilliantly. We all know Steve Tomlinson, um, and I was down at the pitches tonight, watched my daughter play, and the, the pitches, despite the weather we've had, are, are exceptional, you know, um, all of them. That said, you know, it still irks me that, you know, on Saturdays, on Thursdays, on Wednesdays, I think, you know, we're, we're still paying money to rent facilities at Heath End, 
we're paying money to rent facilities at Wayden and we're doing the same at Aldershot and on, on a Sunday. And we and one of my key objectives is to get everybody who's a member of Farnham playing rugby at Farnham, regardless of where where they where and when they play in the club. And that isn't something that can happen overnight. Um, we are, we are looking at a number of options for how we um, increase our capacity and improve the facilities that we have. Um, we have a number of irons in the fire, a number of discussions going on you know, with local councils, with local schools, um, and, uh, and within the club and with local developers. Um, and, and I'm really hoping if not this season, early next season, you know, we will make a, you know, a, a big announcement for what that sort of what the future looks like and how we intend to address that problem on a long term basis. Yeah, so is it just pitch space, basically? From from the, from the outside, obviously, you know, apologies, but again, being senior focused. When we used to, when we all play, we go down on a Thursday, we sit in the two change rooms, we've got toilets, we've got showers. On a Saturday, we've got our change room, we've got our showers. If we bring everyone back, does that put pressure on those, that other side of it as well? Toilets, showers, uh, health and safety, or is that all sort of, is that not such a big deal at the, at the mini and junior level, which is where the bulk of the pressure comes from, right? Which is great, because there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the facilities were built to support four teams playing at home you know, and, and against four opposition teams. So we have eight, eight changing rooms yeah. um, that we can use, two of which we've converted recently into the you know, purpose-built for um, women's rugby. Yeah. At the moment, certainly, you know, women's rugby doesn't, isn't played at the same time as men's rugby, you know, with, the except, with the exception, I suppose, of Sunday, where you have junior rugby and... Um, you know, boys and girls rugby as well as some women's rugby in an afternoon. I'm getting really dull now, but I I I think our, our, the the fundamental issue with facilities at the club is pitch capacity pitch and, 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 and playing capacity. It's a you know it's a labour of love for people like Steve Tomlinson, and it's something we really need to look to address, particularly to be able to support our burgeoning youth section, mm. youth section. So you, during that, Dom, you mentioned a couple of people, obviously, and with Steve taking care of the pitches and the various different sections. Coming into the role, having filled the boots of, you know, Robbins was obviously in there for, for so long, would you say the current structure of the club is as you would like to run it? Obviously, there are now quite a few subcommittees and, and there's different committees for this. Do you see that as a positive thing? You know, is it something we need to rationalise or, you know, how, how do you see things structurally going forward? Yeah, what... One of my the observ observations I'd made, I've been in the committee now for a couple of years, but one of the observations I'd made that w was we identify individuals who are good at what they do and are prepared to take things on and we overload them. Um, that's problem number one. Problem number two is, is we don't take a cohesive view of some of the problems that we have and some of the things that we want to address at the club. Um, and... and what I mean by that is we don't engage all of the sections of the club. So one of the things I've been very deliberate about trying to address this year is try to leverage all of the you know volunteers from the different sections, and we've done that to good effect on a, on a number of areas. So um, bar committee, for example, we've got representation from every section, and we're looking to sort of um, you know replace all of the infrastructure in in and around the bar. And sponsorship committee, 
Paul Dransfield's doing a great job to to really move our sponsorship proposition on with a, with all of our existing sponsors. Um, um, communications, um, Pip's heading up sort of the communications committee again. It engages different sections, and I suppose it's a very long winded way of saying it. I think the structure of the the, the, the committees is, is is good. You know, the structure of the board is is good, but I think what we need to learn to be able to do as a club is engage more sections of the club and draw more volunteers out from those uh, those sections of the club. So actually, I think as we as we move forward, we'll see more subcommittees formed to drive certain area, certain areas of the club forward. You, you just touched on that a minute, Dom, I just want to put on that thread. You talked about the, the structure of the club and the structure of the board. So for our listeners, is there like sort of a, two clear different structures and you want to give a quick brief overview about what the two different boards do or structures yeah. do really briefly the um i'm um chairman of the committee and the committee uh, um is has representative from all sections of the club and and i in my mind i um i think the committee is responsible for the day-to-day running of the club you know the the, the, the rugby activity of the club um, you know, in, in the here and now, the board. Um, I'm also chair of the board, although thankfully I've got Jeff Robbins' experience, and, and and he's been a huge help, and he's still very very involved. Um, the, the the board, to my mind, is thinking about the longer term strategy of of the club. What 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 sh- what do we need to be thinking about? Two, three years, five years, five years hence, and we and we make that distinction quite obvious in the. In the agenda and the and and all of the discussions around both the committee and the board. So do we just just going. I mean, that's great. Just just going back slightly. When you were talking about the subcommittees, essentially, from what I understood, rationalising rather than just asking for we need help and nobody really knows why or how they can contribute or what is that difference they're going to make. The subcommittee gives them a clear goal. For example, you mentioned the bar committee. So whatever that is, for the sake of today, I'll just say we need to go and get a new beer on tap. They'll go and sort that out. They can tangibly see it. Is that is that kind of correct? Yeah, what yeah. So the subcommittees so, are doing. Yeah, so you know, um, uh, Nicky Doran and um, Dave Warren, and I'm going to forget some names. Um, and and, and Jerry is very much part of that bar committee. You know, any of those individuals can be approached with with suggestions yeah. for, you know, how we improve the product, how we improve the service, how we improve the infrastructure. Um, and we're having active conversations with different brewers about how we replace all of the, the, the product in the, in the bar at the moment. So I think what, I don't know, we, can, we, we, you know, we might have to pull this out, I don't know. But if um, parents in particular or whoever wants to volunteer listens to that, if they approach their age group coach or whatever and say, look, I think I could help with X rather than just saying I'm happy to help, that would benefit you in yeah. terms of, you know, rather than just the, the obviously the constant drone for every rugby club, every charity club, they we need help, we need volunteers. However, if you think there's something specific you could help with, volunteer with that in mind and go forward with that and then there will undoubtedly be a spot for you within uh, the club. A hundred percent. And and the more we can do of that across the club, you know, with a club of, you know, a thousand playing members, you know, there's fewer bigger clubs in the in in the world. Um and, and I don't think we do a good enough job of, of leveraging that size and drawing on, on all the sections of the club to create volunteers to, to either run the day-to-day running of the club or, um, or drive the club forward. So if, you know, if people 
your do of ideas for how, how we might do that better. I'm, I'm really happy for them to come and speak to me. I'm at the club most days anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One of those leading on from that in your, and thank you very much for providing us all with our uh, Farnham RUFC strategy for the next three years. <laughs> a very detailed uh, Overview. One one of the goals or aims. Sorry, just interrupt. Although this is an audio podcast, Dom has turned up with a spreadsheet with thirty-seven different bullet points on us for us to look. I'm at, looking so. forward to discussing each one in detail <laughs> um, here tonight. <laughs> you, you can tell Ben's a builder. <laughs> this, this, this is a PowerPoint yeah, exactly. and not a spreadsheet. <laughs> so many words on there already. It's ridiculous. But one of the um, one of the big things for the club is about recruitment and making sure that that longevity. Is there anything coming up that our listeners might go, actually, yeah, I can help with that? Are the people moving on from certain roles coming up in the next year? Or Yeah, yeah so succession planning is key for the club. You know, Our previous chairman, Jeff Robbins, was chairman for 30 years, give or take, you know, and he, and he achieved tremendous, you know, tremendous amount at the rugby club. The current, um, um, you know, um, finance director, um, uh, you know, Andrew Rubio, has been... Think treasurer here for twenty eight years. Um, we managed to, or, or we're in the pro, still in the process of managing the sort of handover between Jeff and myself. And as I mentioned before, Jeff is still very active, uh, actively involved, you know, and, and and still holds the club very dear to his heart. And and he's been a fantastic mentor for me and continues to be so. We need to, this year. We've got a load of recruitment. Um, that, that that we need to do. There's three key positions that um we're, we're looking to. That, that's that's stepping down you know after a long time with the club number one is andrew rubio who's been the treasurer for 29 years so any um finance directors out there please um um put your hand up speak to rich braxton or myself and uh, and we'll put you in touch what we don't want to do is burden somebody with all the stuff that um, that, that rubio does because it's a it's a very very long list and we're looking at the moment to to try and carve that out so anyone that can help us with that, we, we, we'd love them to come and speak to us. Secondly, um, Gary Stennett, who's been director of rugby for a number of years, who, who does a fantastic job a, a, across the club. Um, unfortunately, Gary's stepping down at the end of this year, at the end of this year as well. And in advance of the AGM, we want to make sure the right we put the right person in the role of director of rugby. Um, and and actually, Jeff Robbins is, is is sort of leading the charge on on that replacement. And then last, but by no means least, um, Jerry, who's been running the bar at the club for as long as certainly I can remember, is also um, stepping down at the, at the end of the year. So we're looking to replace Jerry. So I think during January, we'll, we'll start the process of, of, of recruiting a new bar manager at the, at the club. So in, it's daunting times, but it's also exciting times in terms of change at the club. So is this the last AGM that we're going to hear about tax from... Uh... And Rubio at uh, this year, which would be quite. We 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 can live in hope. Hopefully, <laughs> um, just going back to sort of playing side of things, Dom. You know, we current seniors, uh, men's and women. We've seen lots of players that have come through the system uh, and playing at the highest level possible. Do you think the club is realistically at the moment at the highest level it can compete at across all age ranges, seniors? Uh, and where do you see that sort of moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say whether or not they're at the highest. Um, you know, both men's and women's are in new leagues this year because of the recent league structure. 
you know, the, you know, and and both teams, you know, have kind of won fifty percent, lost fifty percent, give or take. If they if they haven't, it's with it's within a couple of points generally. Um, what we are doing though as a club is is again, and I don't want to draw now about subcommittees, but but Jeff Robbins is leading a sort of a, a review with Ali Chisholm, the the, the men's head coach, um, of ha, of building a sort of five year plan for how the club, men's and women's, can play national league rugby in a sustainable way. And what I mean by sustainable, I mean commercially sustainable. So you know that there are there are teams in our league, for example, that are that are paying players. We are not. We, we have no plans to but what but what we want to try and do is, is and, and that's why the board is looking at this we want to try and think ahead you know two three four five years hence you know rather than this surprising is if we suddenly have a purple patch either the men's or the women's and suddenly get promoted so so we're trying we're putting a plan in place to to um to, to, to see how we grow up, how we can realistically grow up the leagues to be able to maximise our potential given the size of club that we are, um, you know, across minis, juniors, girls, boys, men's and women's. Yeah, so there is still a chance that Bainesy might play National League rugby <laughs> one day. No one's, no one's laughing at this one. Everyone's thinking... <laughs> oh, sorry, I did mean your daughter, Ava. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yourself. Fair, fair. Only if it's in the second row. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the Baineses are, uh, are, are well positioned. Um, I just want to move on. You, you, you talked a lot there about sort of the volunteers and things like that. What sort of big ticket items have we got coming up then that we could say, right, I can put my hand up to this, I can help for this, and any sort of uh, big announcements that are coming out of the club in terms of things on the next sort of couple of months? We're looking for an exclusive. I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet. But I'll say, but I'll, you know what? I'll say. Don't say <laughs> you're the boss. Yeah. You can say whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it is a big year. Um, we, we've got two big things coming up. Um, I, I should talk about. I'll talk about the sportsman's lunch second. Uh, next year is our fiftieth anniversary. So next season is our fiftieth anniversary in twenty twenty five. So that's going to be huge. We're going to have to do do things bigger and better than we've done it before, and we're really really good at doing things big and well. Um, but but yeah, we you know, not surprisingly, we'll form another subcommittee uh, for, <laughs> for, for the 50th anniversary celebrations. But you know, before we get there, sportsman's lunch in April. I think it's Friday, April 26. Um, we're really lucky. We've managed. This is your exclusive, Benzie. Um, we've managed to sign James Haskell, who's going to be the um, keynote speaker. We are changing some things around um, at the event. We're, we're bringing in an external auctioneer that, that, that we, we, we've had experience of. We've managed to secure a sponsor um, um, for um, those speakers, and we'll announce more about that in, in, in due course. Um, but it, it, it certainly promises to be you know, as, uh, as, as big and bold as the previous sportsman's lunches. But in answer to your second question in there, David, the um, you know the one big thing I would ask, and, and, and if I didn't ask this, John Wickens would get very, very grumpy with me. Every year um, we struggle for auction prizes and, and, and the auction is a key area where we make money, coffers for the club. Um, 
and and so if anyone's out there with you know um, villas in Mallorca, um, you know ski chalets in Chamonix, um, or whatever it might be, if you can give myself or John Wickens a shout, um, we'd be really really grateful for any auction prizes that um, um, that, that that people could offer up. We know, you know, the club is well. We we know they've got a thousand playing members, two thousand members in total, you know. So we know. Um, that there's lots of people out there in the Farnham area and so anyone that can um, provide auction prizes would be very grateful to, to receive them. I have yeah. got, if sorry, uh, what's the, do you still, is yours now chairman at farnhamrugby.org, the email or, or how's the best way to contact you? Obviously we've got your phone number but Mini Junior with a... Should we just phone number out on the podcast? Do <laughs> 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 exactly. uh, you know what I mean? Like a, a parent who's, who's Mini's a junior, they might not have your number. How, how's best to get in touch? Um... Yeah, dominic.parker, frufc.co.uk. I think. <laughs> it's, it's been like last week, Gary. Uh, club captain at farnham.org. Um, which now works. Does it? Farnham Rugby Dog. Oh, good. So I'll wait for your apology. That's all right. Well, I might, I'll email one of you because I have got, um, I think it'd be quite a a big selling item. Either my playing shorts or my shirt from Twickenham I could sign. Oh, that's just going no? That is another five pounds. Have you paid your, paid your fine for last time? Uh, it's in progress. So what's the inflation? It's in escrow. So I think okay. Plus prime plus one is normally isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's escalate it. If you don't pay it by the next podcast, you put an extra fiver on top. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Beth. Got married on an extension. <laughs> <laughs> so David, I make your bill currently to be fifteen pounds. Correct. Ben, you're ten now. David mentioned you've been club chairman now for nine months. Was there anything that was just a massive headache for you when you got started? Um, I, yeah, it'd be very remiss of me not to mention the work that went into replatforming the membership system. You know, the previous system was on um, on on the Lewis Incorporated systems. Um, that Tom Lewis had built and Kathy ran admir- admirably for years, which was fantastic. Um, we moved over to the RFU's GMS, their game management system, um, and James Sims, Sophia, as well as all the admins, particularly across the minis, were just absolutely fantastic because it wasn't, you know, it, it, it gave me proper sleepless nights <coughs> after the AGM when we were going to tell everybody that we were going to cancel the direct debits. Um, and, and we had to set up new direct debits and we didn't know how many members were going to set up um, you know, reset up the direct debits um, and as it's turned out we're pretty much at budget and that's thanks to the hard work from James and Sophia and, and, and as I say all of the admins so there, that was a huge success from this year Are you looking forward to Six Nations? Always oh, looking forward to the Six Nations, yeah Predictions? Oh come on Okay, um, right. We'll, okay, oh, okay, quick fire. Will Scotland win the Calcutta Cup? Yes. Will they win the Six Nations? No. Who will win the Six Nations? France. Ooh. Best player in the world right now? Finn Russell, obviously. <laughs> I've got to say, the things he was doing for Bath, yeah. where they were flying high in the Premiership, was very, very good. But he sort of, not him, they fought off a cliff, haven't they? They lost one game. It was competitive world, mate. (laughs) (laughs) The ruthless nature of David (laughs) Hurley. If you're not top, you're not top. They lost one game when they sent their B team to Leicester last weekend, I think. 
Out of curiosity, quick my question. Favourite club? Or who is your club team aside from Fulham first team? Obviously? Saracens probably. Oh. <laughs> I can see instantly our listeners everyone cancelling their membership here we go quick five questions favourite touring destination that is a good one uh, actually um, Phuket no doubt about it not, what, not Malta with me not Malta with you sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay so we kind of come to our little well, hopefully it's a regular feature Dom your team, your Farnham 50, well, Farnham 19. All-time Farnham 19. Was it 19? I've only, oh, actually, I do have, I do have 19. Perfect. Okay, C- can we have a quick, just between the three of us, as a percentage, how many Parkers are in the team? I think like pens, you can never have too many Parkers. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon 30, uh, 33%, six of them. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, brother, brother. Yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna go eight. Eight, okay. Brother can't be in it. He still plays for Battersea, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's a great club, and I mean, he's a lovely bloke. But he can't be in the final. Yeah, well, uh, so uh, so you're you're right. Well, you're cheating a little bit. Cause I've already told you. Um, uh, you haven't told us numbers. I didn't tell you exact numbers. Um, but but you know, one of the one of my favourite things since I've been at Farnham. Well, two favourite things is. Is, is playing with my brother, which I hadn't really done before I, I moved here. And I was 40 when I moved here. And I've played loads and loads of games with Matt, which has been fantastic. And, but also, you know, coaching and watching the, you know, my kids grow up, you know, both, you know, Max and Oscar. Max didn't start from the very, very beginning, but certainly, you know, he'd have been under you know, sevens when he joined. Oscar started in, in you know, under fives. Um, Amelie started later. My wife pleaded with me that um, one person in the family didn't play rugby apart from her, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 it took her to under fourteen girls to uh, this season um, to start playing rugby. So so my my, my side is um, uh, front row um, on one side, and I never really understand the difference between one side and the other. From they don't either. <laughs> <laughs> despite d- d- despite coaching for many many years. So I put Matt Parker at one, um, Oscar, who's going, who's going great guns with Henley, and um, at, at the moment um, he's a hooker, and then Matt's son Charlie, who I have played with, I think actually, um, um, is on on the other side. So it's two two out of three in the front row. That's no, three out of three. three. Oh, three out of three, yeah. Three, three out of three, three in the front row. Yeah. You should re-listen during this podcast. Yeah. I should, yeah. Three out of three, whole front row. Great Uncle Parker's at ten. Great <laughs> Uncle Parker's at <laughs> eleven. Yeah. Um, second row, I've gone for, for a couple of Farnham stalwarts, uh, one of whom is, is one of my closest friends as well. So uh, number four is Big Gav Baker. Number five is Franco, who I hadn't seen for ages and saw him at the club last week, and I've played a few games with Franco. And, and, and he's a very, very special rugby player. Um, six um, is Amelie Parker, um, who started playing rugby this year. And I put her at six rather than the wing because recently I, I, had, I was away, actually, and, um, and, and a conversation with her, she was playing on the Sunday. And I said, oh, did you enjoy your rugby? She said, yes. And, and I'd set her a challenge of making one tackle. And I, I, I did ask her afterwards if she'd made any, how many tackles did you make? And she said, none, but I played six and intimidated the opposition, which I thought was great. Um, so she's, she's at six. Max Parker, who isn't playing at the moment because he, he's got dodgy hips. Um, he's playing at seven. 
And then, and then one of my favourites from Farnham as well is big Argentinian Alex at number eight, who interestingly had broken my thumb during a game of rugby playing against Guildford. But nevertheless, I, I've picked him at eight. Um, nine is an interesting one. So nine is um, when we did the Movember walk, we had, and, and I've talked a lot tonight about sort of engaging different sections of the club. And one of my favourite things about the Mo walk this year was, uh, was one of the young women from the Falcons team, Izzy, um, came and did it with us. So there was 40 men from across the club and, and one woman, Izzy. Um, all of the men hobbled around for the, for the next week or so. Um, Izzy did the walk on Friday night, finished up on Saturday morning with no sleep and then turned out and played for the Falcons on Sunday. But what was lovely about it was a load of the guys that had been on the walk turned up to support her on, on, on Sunday. And I think by, by, by pulling in people from different sections, you just drive that support and, and it was really nice. So, so Izzy's at number nine. And number 10, I couldn't decide. I had two players in there. Um, one was um, Rufus Doran, who is uh, Richard Doran's son. Rufus currently plays for the academy. And I, I still um, think back to when we were on rugby tour um, with the academy in October of this year, where he slotted a 40-metre drop goal from one side of the pitch. It wasn't even from right in front of it. And, and for a kid that's been out for over a year, um, having had his ACL replaced to come back and do stuff like that is just audacious but I played a load of games with his old man his old man was quality um, and well playing any, anywhere in the midfield um, am I taking too long am I indulging myself a little no, bit no, too no, much no, are we no, okay no, with this no. I'm just disappointed you didn't put me at 10 after my performance at Barnes I think you actually played with that didn't oh, you Ben oh the penalty machine <laughs> yeah I nearly got sent <laughs> yeah. off through three intercept passes yeah. and I got the old shepherd's hook didn't I for Absolutely. the vets scaring the vets yeah, you, that, was a, that was a dark day yeah. <laughs> so um, number 11 my old mate sadly is no longer with us um, Adrian Myers um, I toured with Adrian a number of times and, and of course we lost him at the end of 2022 but he's in there um, my old um, touring mate uh, Jemmy at number 12 I only know him as a number 12 uh, um, I don't remember him in any other position, although I think we put him into back row every now, every now and again. Um, and it's great to see him still rolling out. Um, 13 was a tricky one. You know, when I coached uh, you know, uh, Max's age group and Oscar's age group, there's some, been some really fantastic guys come through. There was two names in particular, um, Ben Cregine, Lord Cregine, as we used to call him, because his mum owns half of Hampshire, um, and, and Ben Atkins, and I've picked Ben Atkins at number 13 because um, he played last week for the for the under-23s, which is fantastic. And he's still floating around rugby, um, even though he's, he's in a, on a scholarship at the moment in the US. He's back for Christmas and he, he rolled out last week. Um, on at 14 is my big hairy mate, uh, Bickers, um, who I've played a load of rugby with, who, 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 who kind of defied gravity. He was, he was quite remarkable for 115 kilogram hairy winger um, he, he was able to cover ground and, and took people by surprise I think um, and, and at full back I think your work colleague um, who isn't really a full back because he, he could play anywhere between 10 and 15 um, is Sticky Lewis because yeah. he, he, he was just quality and then on the bench is our old um, you know age group captain from Max's age group I think he's playing this weekend he's been great over the last few weeks um, and his old man Steve Ratcliffe everybody will know um, um, so, so at 16 Chris Ratcliffe um, 17 um, 
I've put a, a lad I've always liked to the rugby player. Um, it was um, a Hartbury captain has come back, isn't playing enough for fun, and we need to get him back in. Tom Brooker. Um, more Tom Brooker. Oh, and the reason. <laughs> Spoil it for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you've got the name. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the main reasons I put Tom in one is a great rugby player. Two, he's a leader. He's coached the under twenty threes and four. Um, every now and again, when I was Vets captain, I had to call him up and say, look, is there any chance you can make the journey to Barnes and make up for um, um, Dave Hurley's? Tom Brooker answered the call and came up and was the best player in the park on more, on more than one occasion. Uh, number 18 it, it is a guy who I think actually um, sort of epitomises everything I love about Farnham Rugby Club. You know, he's a, he's a club man through and through. He's been first 15 captain. I think actually I've watched him a few times this season at 10 and he's, and he, and he's just been outstanding. Um, and so at 18 is Ollie Brown. Fantastic. Team manager? Gary Stennett. Yes. Two from two. Two from two. Yeah. Gary Stennett. Always on that. that. So there is obviously one obvious name missing. Any of ours? <laughs> Any of ours? Any of us? <laughs> yeah. Come on. You can put yourself in your team. I think you've known me for long enough, Baines, uh, Mark Baines, to know that it's not all about me. Yes. I, I, I was, I was going to pull actually say that there's another name missing that your wife hasn't made the team in any capacity. You, you managed to get her in a Farnham shirt this year for the first time ever. First time in a rugby shirt ever. Oh. Um, I, I, I think yeah, Delia. It's fair to say Delia isn't a rugby fan, um, and yeah. Yeah, just oh, isn't a rugby fan at, <laughs> at all. Not one, not one bit. But is now supporting you and the club and all of the other Parkers playing at the club. Of course, yes. Yeah. What position did you play, Dom? Me. Yeah. What position did you play? Well, no, I'm not saying so now. Uh, what was your when you in your hand? No, scrum you half. Scrum half. Scrum half. Either, yeah. Always has always will or you floated. No, around? I was a, I, I, I was a, a winger and probably played my best rugby at wing. Oh right. Um, and then just got too fat and lazy. And then came to and, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because one of the nice things about the club, I think, is that sort of link between family, like you say. And I had the privilege of playing with you and Max. I think it was the first time you played at Max, wasn't it? Yeah. We went off to Beck Old Boys, got well beaten. Yeah. Um, on the hill. On the hill. But actually, it was cracking for the, I think for me, like to see like the two of you playing your first game together and really enjoying it. Yeah, and, and you're an inspiring captain's speech after the game to me, Mark, and I remember it vividly was Dominic, um, sorry, Max, you were as good as your dad was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think accurate. So Oscar's, what, 17 now? Just turned 18. Just in 18. So do you think there will be? I mean, we had David also the Mickey a bit earlier on. We had a really good vets game, dads and lads game before Christmas. Can we see in the future a little... Uh, Parker trio. Yeah, so, so it, it should have happened at the Lads and Dads and, and and I sort of kicked off the Lads and Dads game specifically with that in mind to play with Matt and Charlie. So before the end of this season, all five of us will play together. Definitely. Any final words from you? Yeah, the only thing we haven't mentioned, which is the lifeblood of the club, is our sponsors. And we have a number of different sponsors. Paul Dransfield's been doing a fantastic job of engaging with our sponsors at a more meaningful level than perhaps we have done in the past. Um, but it would be remiss of me not to mention Saltus, you know, and, and, and in fact, I met Ian Collier a few weeks ago to work out various things that we could do together. At that time, we didn't know about the podcast, but I really think Ian 
would be a great guest for your podcast to come in and talk about what Saltus do and what Saltus can can offer members, um, members of the club. So you know, special thanks to Ian for and Saltus for getting involved. You know, they do a great job. They're really really important to the club. And if you organise that one for us, that's one less for me to organise. I, I will put you in touch with Ian Collier. Okay, if you give him David's number, thanks, mate. Look, Dom, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing from you about the club. I've got no doubt we'll sort of get you back on later on in the year when things progress, but I think we want to kind of echo the kind of shout-out if there are people out there who think they can contribute to the club in any way to get in contact with you on your personal phone number, which is it, really. <laughs> um, right, we've got a really busy weekend at the club coming up, haven't we? We've got really exciting uh, first away game to Jersey against the Jersey Reds. That's quite interesting, wasn't it, the kind of context to it? Uh, ben, for the listeners who don't necessarily follow Championship Rugby, what's the, what's the interest there? So, from my understanding, and I might speak out of turn, Jersey Reds were the Championship side, got into financial difficulties and have subsequently gone into liquidation. So there's a few obviously very good players floating around. Um, and so, yeah, the boys have got to jump on the plane, I don't know, I guess Saturday morning? Yeah, they fly Saturday morning. Fly Saturday I think morning. they're in and out in the day. In and out in the day, um, get down there and, and yeah, great experience to go and play on, play on Jersey. Fantastic. And then I think on Sunday the minis will kick back off for training at the club, mm-hmm. but there's also lots of games taking place. The Falcons ones are away at Heathfield and the Falcons second team, they've got Didcock uh, women's team at home. We've got under-14s girls pitched against Chobham, we've got under-18s girls playing at the Surrey Finals. Um, and we've got training sessions taking place. Oh, actually, one of our final fixtures is the under-14s are playing away at Hazelmere. So lots and lots of rugby taking place. So thank you to our listeners. Uh, please do share. Please do keep communicating. The club captain at funandrugby.org email is working. So if you've got any kind of questions, any feedback, anyone, if you're sat there thinking, I want to get on the podcast and talk about your part of the club you're involved with, uh, we would love to hear from you. The next guests we've got lined up. Um, we mentioned the last podcast, a, a really exciting, we mentioned about you, Don, playing with your son, but as everyone knows, a couple of months ago we had our first mother and daughter Falcon playing together. And I'm delighted that Lucy and Holly Thompson are going to join us in two weeks' time and tell us all about their experiences as two Falcons, as mother and daughter. Thanks so much. Take care. See you soon. Goodbye. Thanks, Falcon. So.